This podcast is produced by members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but is not an official podcast of the Church. All thoughts, opinions, and views expressed are strictly those of the authors and speakers. All right, welcome back to the I Believe in Christ podcast. I am your host, Conrad Southworth. Thank you for joining me again. Uh, This is episode five of this podcast. Um, Today we'll be covering the... uh, January 28th through February 3rd lesson in the Come Follow Me curriculum, Matthew 3, Mark 1, and Luke 3. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the first four episodes. This last episode, I didn't put any music in, and uh, I'm not going to put any in this one either. So just let me know if you like it, if you don't, if you think it needs to be more broken up or it sounds better with jingles. I don't know. It was a lot of work to try editing with music, so... I just, uh, I guess I got lazy. Uh, it's just a lot of work, a lot of time. Anyway, so um, I was going to mix this one up, and I was going to start with the Come Follow Me curriculum, and then I was going to go into church news just because there was some uh, stuff I wanted to cover in that. And then uh, we'll move on to the interview portion of the episode, and... Um, Again, still continuing with the story of my grandmother, Marianna Muthreich Southworth. And um, in this episode, we will uh, she'll talk about serving a mission in Germany, and uh, we'll stop just as she comes home. So um, yeah, let's just get into it. There's always stuff like I want to talk about, and then after I record and a couple days go by, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I was going to mention something about that. And so... I'm just trying to go a little slower so I can kind of think about what I was going to talk about. I type up notes and stuff, but it doesn't always go as planned. Anyway, um, I guess I should mention real quick before we get started, uh, thank you to the listeners out there. I talked to several people that I know that say they either uh, listen or intend to listen, and I appreciate uh, the support, and I just hope that you guys enjoy it. I hope that uh, uh, this is beneficial to somebody. Anyway, um, oh man, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, uh, social media. So you can follow me on Instagram at uh, I Believe in Christ Podcast. You can follow. Uh, we got Twitter set up. I don't remember the Twitter handle, though, but it's something along the lines of I Believe in Christ podcast. Or you can follow me uh, at con underscore rad jujitsu, and that's on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, I Believe in Podcast, I Believe in Christ podcast on Facebook. Uh, give us a like, give us a share, subscribe to us. Or I say us, like me and the podcast, or the podcast and me, but... Like, yeah, subscribe on your your Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes. Go on and leave a review on any of those if you can um, or share it or something. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Um, I just appreciate it. Anyway, all right. So social media is out of the way. Um, let's jump into the lesson first, and then we'll go into some church news that... Um, from this week, and then, yeah, we'll go on. So I said all this. So the lesson for this week is 
Matthew 3, Mark 1, and Luke 3. And really, this lesson just is about the baptism of Jesus Christ. Um, and so the lesson starting out, uh, it talks about who was Mark. And so Mark was a missionary companion to Peter, Paul, and other missionaries. Scholars believe that Peter instructed Mark to record the evidence of the Savior's life. I looked briefly for why that is, but I didn't see anything. So like in the scriptures or in the Bible dictionary, it just mentions that, that scholars believe that. So where they're getting that, I don't know, but that's fine. Uh, Mark's gospel was likely written before the other three. And then in the Bible dictionary, it talks about how his... Uh, his, uh, he was trying to describe our Lord as the incarnate Son of God, living and acting among men, and that he died by martyrdom after starting a church uh, in Egypt. And so um, that's who the Apostle Mark was. He kind of skipped over the, the early uh, years of the Savior's life and just jumped right into um, his ministry. So that's why he's joining us a little late uh, in the Matthew, Mark, Luke party. So, uh, and John, I guess, but, um, moving on the next section was repentance is a mighty change is a mighty change of mind and heart. Uh, so it says true repentance, true repent. <laughs> guess I can't talk today. True repentance is a change of mind, a fresh view about God, about oneself and about the, the world. It means a turning of the heart and will to God. And that's from the Bible dictionary definition of repentance. Um, so John the Baptist is going around preaching uh, repentance to the Jews, and he's using fruit and wheat to emphasize the importance of repenting. And he, he talks about repentance is necessary to receive Christ. Um, the, the manual, the Come Follow Me manual, talks about using um, or, or going through the scriptures and highlighting all these different ways that uh, John the Baptist describes um, the, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ using fruit and wheat and other things. And later on, it talks about how you can draw pictures of these things and relate them um, with your family. Um, <clears throat> moving on, the next section was, who were the Pharisees and Sadducees? And the Pharisees were members of the Jewish religion, uh, Jewish religious party, who prided themselves in the strict observance of the Mosaic law. Um, that's all they cared about was very, very strict observance. Uh, and then the Sadducees were a wealthy Jewish class with significant religious and political influence. Uh, they did not believe in the doctrine of resurrection. That was noted in there. And it says that many members of both parties refused to accept the message of John the Baptist, um, the message of repentance and that... Um, he was coming before Jesus Christ. So um, that is the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then the next section is Jesus Christ was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, so the manual asks to reflect on your baptism and compare what happened during your baptism to the baptism of Jesus Christ. Um, so it talks about who baptized you, what authority do they have? Where were you baptized? How were you baptized? Why were you baptized? And how did Heavenly Father show that he was pleased um, with Jesus? And how does he show he's pleased with you? And so um, it kind of just has a little matrix and asks you to kind of define these things. Um, I just realized I do a lot of gestures with my hands while I am 
doing this podcast, like way too many. There's no one else in here, and I, my hands are going crazy, so that's kind of funny. Anyway, um, sorry, probably shouldn't be loud like that into the mic. Um, so I was just going to read from 2 Nephi, because uh, it references 2 Nephi uh, chapter 31. And so in verses 4 through 9, I just, like, I'm not going to explain it better than reading it. So uh, it says, Wherefore I would that ye should remember that I have spoken unto you concerning that prophet which the Lord showed unto me, that should baptize the Lamb of God, which should take away the sins of the world. And now if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness. Oh, then, how much more need have we, being unholy, to be baptized, yea, even by water? And now I would ask of you, my beloved brethren, wherein the Lamb of God did fulfill all righteousness in being baptized by water. Know ye not that he was holy? But notwithstanding he being holy, he showeth unto the children of men that according to the flesh he humbleth himself before the Father and witnesseth and witnesseth unto the Father, that he would be obedient unto him in keeping his commandments. Wherefore, after he was baptized with water, the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. And again it showeth unto the children of men the straightness of the path and the narrowness of the gate, by which they should enter, he having set the example before them. So this section talks about, you know, why was Jesus baptized and what what was shown, like everything that went on. And I think that 2 Nephi uh, chapter 31 verses 4 through 9 just do an incredible job in making and just clarifying it for us. Because uh, we have the one little, or the, the small phrase from, um, from the New Testament to fulfill all, like suffer it to be so now, uh, to fulfill all righteousness probably butchered that anyway um so i just uh i like that in second nephi chapter 31 it it clarifies it so well um the last section is uh does the holy bible teach that the member of the god that the members of the godhead are separate beings and of course the answer is yes it does and we read about that in the account of jesus being baptized and so, um, in Matthew chapter th- or sorry, chapter three, verses thirteen through seventeen, uh, it says, "Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him, but John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. That was the correct thing I was trying to say earlier, by the way. Um, then he suffered him and Jesus, when he was baptized, went, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened up unto him, opened unto him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So in this account, um, Jesus being baptized, we have three members of the Godhead, three distinct beings, the uh, Spirit of God being the dove coming down, uh, Heavenly Father speaking from heaven, and Jesus in the water. And so, um, just a great, great lesson. Um, I think there's a lot in here to absorb, and uh, I think there's going to be plenty of 
uh, ways to share this with, with your family. Um, like I said earlier, there's a few ways uh, that it talks about drawing pictures um, of the, the fruit and comparing um, what John was talking about. And yeah, so that's about all I was going to cover for the Come Follow Me curriculum. Um, sh short and sweet, these lessons usually are. Um, and then let's move into the church news. This feels weird going backwards. I have to like think about what's going on. Anyway, so uh, church news for this week. So the St. George Temple is closing for renovation. Um, so it'll be closed until 2022, I believe it was. It says the St. George, Utah Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will close later this year for major renovation. The temple will close November 4th, 2019. It says the St. George Temple was originally dedicated in April 1877. The first temple completed in Utah. It was rededicated in November 1975 after it was remodeled. And then if you didn't, if you guys remember, um, this is, this was the temple, the first temple completed in Utah, um, the, of the, of the pioneer temples. And, um, it was the temple where the founding fathers and George Washington appeared to Wilford Woodruff in a dream, um, asking about their endowment work being done. Um, and so kind of a like cool history with that temple and I'm excited, um, to see it get renovated and renewed. Um, so moving on to the next topic this week, there were, uh, the blah, 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 sorry, groundbreaking for the Bangkok, Thailand temple. So the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints broke ground for its first temple in Thailand, Saturday, January 26th, 2019. And it says, uh, today was a store. Well, today was an historic day for the church in Thailand. Elder Evans said, uh, for more than 50 years, the faithful saints in Thailand have waited and prayed for this day. The construction and ultimate completion of the temple will become a blessing for not only the members of the church, but also for all who see the beauty of the temple and feel the peace that will be found in this, on this sacred ground. Uh, the church will build a majestic 44,405 square foot, six-story temple with multiple spires reaching heavenward. It will be a place of beauty and peace where all can come. In addition to the temple... A 91,370-square-foot building will feature two religious meeting houses, seminary and institute facilities, church offices and housing. Substantial underground parking is also planned at the site. Um, and it says, Today there are more than 22,000 Latter-day Saints in Thailand, organized in 42 congregations. This temple will serve church members in Thailand and other nearby countries. So really awesome, and I think a historic... Uh, moment for the church to be um, starting that temple in Thailand and 22,000 Latter-day Saints in Thailand. So just an awesome, awesome uh, thing to be going on for those members. Um, next, there was a typhoon relief efforts in the Mar Mari... I can't talk to... Yeah, sorry. The Mariana Islands. Uh, church leaders met with Red Cross officials in Saipan January 24th, 2019 to discuss the use of donated items to support the residents following the natural disaster. Um, so there was a hurricane that came through, a tropical storm. Uh, I think it was a typhoon. There you go. Typhoon U2. Or I'd probably say that wrong, but U2 slammed 
into the islands of Saipan and Tinian on October 25th last year. Uh, it was the strongest tropical cyclone recorded to ever hit the area. So it says that, um, let's see, winds of 170 miles per hour with gusts more than 200 miles per hour. It says all 1,100 homes on the island were damaged, or on uh, Tinian were damaged or destroyed. And so the Red Cross, uh, see, the uh, chief development officer just said that he's proud to count the LDS charities as partner as they work together to provide thousands of people throughout the Northern Mariana Islands much-needed support. So I always love hearing about how the church is helping out in the world, so I hope that you guys do too. Um, moving on, uh, the prophet reached out on social media this week to women of the church, um, so he posted a message of gratitude and a promise for the women of the church in 2019. Um, I just took a couple excerpts from that. I just recommend um, go check it out. Um, <clears throat> but it says, My dear and precious sisters, four months have, have now passed since I extended my invitation to you to help gather scattered Israel. Do you recall how I told you that gathering Israel is the greatest challenge, the greatest cause, and the greatest work on the earth today? Many of you have seized this challenge with great vigor. I wish to tell you that the Lord loves you and is pleased with every effort you make. And uh, he goes on and talks about some other things um, in regards to this, but he says, on my Instagram and Facebook accounts, I asked to hear about your experiences. I was overwhelmed to see that more than 10,000 women responded. My heart was touched by what you shared. And he gives a few examples of that. Um, so really, really awesome. I really like the, the concentrated effort that um, the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles have made on reaching out to um, the women, and I, I really liked this post. So I recommend going and reading it. Um, anyway, the next, one, uh, the next story and the last story that I was going to cover was this talk that was given by Elder Lawrence E. Corbridge at BYU this uh, Tuesday this week. So he, uh, he gives a talk at BYU, and this talk is amazing. I loved it, and um, I was listening to it. My wife, Jessie, was in the other room, and she comes in, and she's like, what? what What? was he saying? So she started hearing some of it, and she came in, like, asking about it, too. But, um, like, I've been, like, talking to people about it. Like, did you hear this talk? We, like, you need to go check it out. Um, I posted it on my Facebook. If you follow me there, you'll see it there. But um, so this uh, Elder Corbridge of the 70 was tasked with reading all the anti-Mormon literature out there. He says there's probably nothing out there he hasn't read. Um, and he talks about the, the gloom that was present as he was, uh, as he was out, like, learnt, uh, reading this literature and seeing what was out there. Um, but he just he goes through and he talks about how there are primary and secondary questions um, and how we need to focus on these primary questions and all the secondary questions kind of fall to the wayside because it's not that they don't matter and it's okay to have questions, but are the primary questions true? Um, and so he talks about that. He talks about so many things. Um, really, it's just a fantastic talk. And so uh, it's titled Stand Forever, um, 
And so you can get that on, I, I'll have a link in the show notes, um, but it's on the speeches.byu.edu site. And I just recommend checking it out. It's 30 minutes. Um, go listen to it. There's a YouTube link. Um, it's, it, it was very good. Um, in it, one, one part that I really like that I'll share is he talks about, he said that he heard uh, somebody he, he heard say, it's okay to have doubts. And he says that, you know, he, he thought about that and he kind of worried about that person um, because of he, he referenced the scripture, doubt not, fear not. And um, he goes on to say that he, he, it's okay to have questions. He's like, I've got a lot of questions, but I don't have any doubts. And he, he just gives powerful testimony um, about the, the church, about the prophet Joseph Smith. And he talks about that gloom that was introduced by reading this anti-Mormon literature and um, where it stems from. And so I just, yeah, go check it out. Anyway, I said that like nine times. Um, so that's it for the, the church news. That was it for the come follow me. Um, try to keep it short and sweet. Like I've said in previous episodes, I don't want to replace anyone's, uh, like I don't want to replace the come follow me. This is just meant to help you, uh, listen to it, hear what's going on this week and then go study it with your families, with your friends, with whoever, by yourself, do what you want. Um, in terms of show notes, I know I haven't posted the last few episodes. Uh, still working on getting the website out there. Um, just been super busy, so I apologize. But um, if that's something you're waiting on or anything, or if you would like to see anything, you can just uh, direct message me or email me at podcast at ibelieveinchrist.net, and I can send you over something right away. Um, but the website should be out here soon when I get, you know, 30 minutes to finish, finish up what I need to. Anyway, um, let's move into the, the interview. Uh, so like I said, uh, earlier, uh, this is my grandmother, Mariana Muthreich Southworth. She is a, uh, sorry, can't think. Um, she is a refugee from Germany after World War II. She immigrated to America. She, made her way uh, to work for a family in Arizona, and then she eventually um, decided she wanted to serve a mission after moving, well, after moving to Salt Lake City. And so she, uh, I don't know if we got this far in the last episode, but uh, yeah, I think in this episode we'll talk about her, or in this interview, this portion, we'll talk about her getting her call, uh, where she goes, and then what happens when she's there and coming back. And so, um, I hope you guys are still enjoying this. I think next week, um, I'll have lined up a different guest and we'll take a break from, uh, my grandmother's story and we will, uh, we'll, we'll have another guest on, uh, maybe a couple weeks or maybe four and then come back to it just to break it up a little bit. Um, so it's not like the same exact thing over and over. But um, that's still in the works, and so uh, I hope you enjoy the interview, and yeah, thanks for listening. Let's see. Okay, so you're in 
America now. You're in Phoenix. Um, you were working for a year for the sponsor, right? Yes, and and um, <clears throat> uh, uh, you must imagine the heat. Oh yeah. No, it's I super I hot. I um, it was very very hot, and I had uh, just my clothes on. I had to work for a month to get a little bit paid that I um, could buy a few things. Um, and um, I went to church, and they were not, the people I stayed with were, were uh, I must say, very, very, very nice people and treated me very, very nice. And of course, uh, there was not a food shortage. Yeah. You know, we had to eat enough, and and I had to get used to that I can have everything I want. And I want to, uh, I want to remark that um, I had to get used to I can take a bath. Yeah. I would take, a, can you imagine, I would take a bath twice a week mm-hmm. there, and they said, you can take a bath uh, every day. It, it is um, because he owned the waterworks on top of it. Oh, okay. People came to pay him for the water, yeah. you know. And uh, I just tried to minimize because I didn't want to use things too much. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and, and a lot of things. And I talked, um, and, you know, I had... But I had to, nobody spoke German, so I had to learn English fast. And that meant um, not to go to school because uh, I had to work. That's, I stayed in the home and I just spoke like they did. And in the church, um, uh, just it was not even a year past. Um, uh, okay, I moved then, um, should I tell that, um, uh, some people uh, from my branch moved also to America. From the Germany branch? From the German branch. They moved to America. They came a year later. Okay. And they they wanted me to live with them. So I had paid my... um, my ticket up. Yeah, you paid your dues and yes. you were able to move out of the. Yes, and uh, they were sad to see me leave. We said, because they said you will never have it this good. Yeah. And that was true. They were um, very well to do. Yeah. But I needed to move on, and so I moved um, with with them. Um, they lived in Thatcher and Safford, where uh, actually President Kimball lived. Okay. And so I lived in his territory for for a while. Yeah. And um, found out where the prophet, uh, where he lived. Very, very, very. Uh, when you would have seen that country at the time was very, um, um, what should I say, desert-like, and the people were very simple. 
good people. So uh, I moved there, and of course I noticed, not that I felt bad about it, that I did move, but um, I lived uh, uh, upstairs, no air conditioning, 110 heat, yeah. and um, I worked for some people. And uh, this, mark this out, but I tell you how I got the job. She was a member and he was not a member. And she was so desperate to get somebody to help her in the household. And she went to a fortune teller. And I had been a fortune teller before, yeah. but I heard that later on. And the fortune teller said there will somebody come from a foreign country, take her. She will not... Um, deceive uh, you because her, her husband was, uh, see, it's too close to home, cut that out, you know. She will not, um, uh, because her husband was after young girls, you yeah. know, and not after, but he, uh, but she will be loyal, you know, but cut that out, you know, cut that out. So, uh, Without me, uh, they seen me, you know, they gave me the job and the assurance, but I stayed, I um, lived with them, and immediately I found out uh, that I could not uh, live there, you know. So I lived with the people who immigrated, mm -hmm. lived with them, and of course it was, uh, um, one of the young girls out of the branch came over and she just was excited. So we both lived together in one room. Were you guys roughly the same age then? Yeah, she was just a little older okay. and uh, remarkable, very pretty. Yeah. She had blonde uh, hair, it was very um, blonde hair, blue eyes, tall, and couldn't speak English. So she. I spoke now already mm -hmm. English. You know, I spoke uh, uh, not good English, but I I, I spoke English. Yeah. You know, so uh, she hanged on to me, and we had a, a wonderful time. Um, but um, she, uh, what I wanted, cut it off. What I wanted to, to remark with, with her. And uh, the, the people I worked for um, had a plane, an aeroplane. Mm -hmm. So he took us for a ride every once in a while, you know. Awesome. So we, um, uh, and we went, we went to church. Yeah. So, um, but somebody um, came to see us from Mesa. And by the way, I still was not knowing which, I didn't know which end is up. What and, you, uh, you know, what I should do. Oh, okay. Uh, she, um, my uh, girlfriend, she was just uh, wonderful. You know, she, she was. <laughs> so we would go. Um, okay, we would go to town, and to town was just, it took us five minutes yeah. to go around the block, <laughs> you know, that was town. Yeah, town, and the sheriffs would sit in the, 
uh, sit in the store, you know, with their guns. Yeah. It was really the Wild West, yeah. it, um, the way we lived there. And um, so some people came from, um, wrote from uh, Mesa, Arizona. If I wouldn't like to move to Mesa. And before that, before that, uh, somebody said, I can have a patriarchal ble blessing. Mm -hmm. And um, so um, I thought, uh, yeah, but uh, how does he know me? You know, because yeah. I thought you got to know somebody. To, and uh, he, um, uh, they assigned me to this. Um, uh, Mr. Blake's uh, brother Blake, and he just said, would you fast that day and then come over? So I fasted and came over, and I'm telling you, I thought he is out of his mind. Uh, 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 the blessing he gave me, I, I just uh, understood a few things, and I thought, uh, it's... Uh, that is not me, yeah. that is not absolutely me. And then I got the blessing and I read it and um, my uh, friends, you know, who I knew well from the branch, read it and they thought it was tremendous. And I looked at myself and I thought, that isn't me. I, I, I'm just not capable of these things yeah. because it told, uh, it told um, uh, wonderful things, you know. But I thought, um, I, I will live the way I live and, and do um, what I'm supposed to do and wonder what will happen. So here came a letter from Mesa. And they said, would you come to Mesa and work in, in the bakery? Mm -hmm. And um, there is uh, an immigrant came and he doesn't speak any English, but he is uh, one of the fine bakers working for the state president. And you will have a job. Uh, you have to work at night and you will stay with sister so-and-so, uh, uh, you know, with that family. And um, uh, I immediately felt like, oh yeah, and there is a temple. So would you know, uh, I moved to Mesa, mm -hmm. and the people were actually disappointed that I left yeah. uh, uh, Safford because they said, um, uh, just stay with us, yeah. you know. So you get pulled back and forth. And there, um, immediately, uh, I was asked for testimony. I have talked in Mesa, I think everybody knew me pretty soon. Yeah. I talked to the elders quorum, to the, um, um, what is the next one up to the uh, high priests, high to the uh, youth. Mm -hmm. uh, I was always uh, talking to somebody. Um, uh, they didn't, uh, nobody spoke German. Yeah. So I started my way through. And um, I went to church, and I um, uh, also um, got a temple recommend and went to the temple. And, uh, and wouldn't you know, one morning I went to work, and here uh, 
uh, the bakery was dark. And you know, we, uh, the baker I had to work for, he worked for the stake president. He had several stores there and he worked at night. And uh, he lived at the same place I lived, but he would not go with me to the bakery because he said uh, a married man with a young girl because we kept those rules, right, you right. know. Yeah. So, so I, uh, he went maybe an hour earlier, and I came in an hour later, because it was walking distance. And he, I came one morning. Oh, it scared me half to death. There was an old car standing there, and a fellow half asleep. And I, uh, and he jumped out of the car. It was my, yeah. it, you know, it was Paul. And he said, uh, I rattled at the door. There's nobody there. I was supposed to be here then and then, you know. And do you know where he lives? Yeah, I know. <laughs> he said, okay, now let's go and get him. I'm supposed to start work. Yeah. So we went back to the baker, you know, and that was... Uh, the biggest ride he had a convertible mm -hmm. and the springs didn't the springs were broken and the car was loud yeah. and he was so proud it was his own car he was 18 going on 19 you know and um so uh, we picked up the baker and uh, so we had a new uh, he claimed he know, knew how to bake yeah you know, this young man, okay, he claimed how to bake. And after, my goodness, it wasn't even a half a year, um, I spoke with a baker in German because he spoke German, I spoke German. Yeah. And uh, we discussed things, and one day, and th this young fellow, he was always around me and helping me out and... and, and uh, doing me favors and he would take me home and pick me up you know and doing things <laughs> so so um he said one day when you don't watch out he's going to marry you and i was so upset i marry who i want to marry i because i had no interest First of all, he was younger than me, and he was a nice young man, you know, had all the qualities for any good girl, but uh, me, you know, so um, uh, wouldn't you know, uh, it was a New Year's Day, New Year's Day, uh, this... Um, uh, family, you know, who lived there, his wife, they went to the dance. And I just um, wanted to go to the dance too. But uh, I said, can I sit with you? And they said, oh, of course, because I liked the music, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went to the dance. And he said, um, yeah, just wait, uh, he will come. Too, and I say, oh, forget about it. And yeah. sure enough, he came, and I we danced all evening together, you know. 
but I had a rule by midnight I wanted to be home yeah. and the people who lived in um, in uh, had moved um, the people who lived in Safford had moved to, to close to the temple mm -hmm. so I uh, said I have to be home um, after by 12 yeah. you know so that was, of course, uh, very hard for an American boy. They didn't care, you know. Right. But I had to be home. Now, you know, but he uh, he liked me, mm -hmm. you know. And I I was very fond of him, but I had no, did make no commitments, you know. Right. And sure enough, he just hanged on. He wanted to take me out. And we have rules in Germany. When somebody takes you out, you don't let him wine and dine you because that that commits you to something. Okay. So, <laughs> so he always had to take. No, I pay for mine. Mm -hmm. I pay for mine. So he had to let it go. You know, I paid for mine, and uh, so he took fish and chips. Uh, what was 45, the big load, and I took the little one for 35, you know, <laughs> his money was not that, um, uh, you, you could buy a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sure enough, he approached me and said he wanted to marry me. I nearly fell out of my booties, uh, you know, because I had no intention. I, I just was not, uh, I just... Um, uh, he he claimed he was going out, and I claimed I go to the temple, and it happened all the time when I came out of the temple. Uh, he just happened to drive by in a car, and say, "Oh, can I give you a ride home?" Now you know I I took the ride home. You know I, yeah. I usually, and um, and. Uh, and, but that's how I met my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> you know, he he wanted to date me, and I just uh, uh, couldn't uh, commit myself at all. Not that I didn't like him, but uh, I just was not ready. Who knows? I was old enough, but he was four years younger, mm -hmm. and I don't play around, you know. So. Um, uh, the Dieter's family, you know, uh, who had moved, they had had a boy. He was also, I think he's four years younger, you know, mm -hmm. and we were very good friends, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I knew him from Germany, and he just was so um, excited. He was by now 16, I guess. He was so excited to meet all the young girls, mm -hmm. and I had to always meet him on the corner, and and uh, he was saying, oh, she is so beautiful, you have to see her. Mm -hmm. And I would then accidentally meet them and say, yeah, she's, and then he, next week he had another one, you know. <laughs> and uh, and he, um, the thing is, uh, everybody knew everybody in that town yeah. at that time. So they would meet at the bus stop, <laughs> <laughs> and they would kiss each other, you know, and, and people thought uh, somebody's leaving, you know. <laughs> so we, we had quite a bit of fun. But uh, Paul, um, you know, this work and the bakery approached him and said, 
no, he, he wanted to take one girl to the drive-in, but he didn't have a car, and Paul had a car. So um, he um, approached Paul and said, uh, would you take us uh, to the drive-in, you know, we, we go with you, and he says, yeah, I do. When you um, see, make her, that means me, yeah that she goes to the movies too. Yeah. So um, Ernst Gindner was his, his name. So he said, um, uh, listen, would you do me this favor? Would you do me this favor? He would take us when you uh, yeah, come you with us, yeah. you know. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I couldn't say no because I knew him. Yeah. We were like, oh, sure, I go to the movie, you know. And sure enough, so he, um, my ex-boyfriend, you know, he was very excited, you know, and he slept through the whole movie. And when I said, um, why don't you watch? And he said, I saw the movie before. <laughs> Do you remember what movie it was? Paul, my, no, do, do you remember what movie it was? No, uh -huh. can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, um, we got quite, and um, we got quite, um, he taught me how to drive, you know, and but it was all done in a very, uh, uh, you know, in a very excellent way. Yeah. And then um, uh, he wanted to marry me. Now that was just a little bit too, 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 I, I just... So I uh, I tried to, um, but this was the courtship, so I tried to say, when he does go um, on a mission, you know. Uh, Did he have any intentions of serving a mission? Nah, uh, his mother didn't have money, you know. It was just, uh, um, and he, he wanted to get married. Right. You know, but... Uh, Yes, he, you know, and his mother was gone home. She, my son, will go on a mission, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she thanked me always that I uh, chummed with him, you know, because we did things together. We went to the bakery with us and that. And um, now th this was the end. Uh, I... Um, broke off the friendship and I, uh, and he said that's just fine but but, but can't we be friends you know can't we be yeah. yeah but the friends were he wanted to see me every day <clears throat> so i uh, went to salt lake city and uh, oh it was a dreadful day uh, sunny arizona and uh, dreadful uh, um, uh, dark dreary rainy um, Salt Lake City, it was at the time. Yeah. And um, so I made my way and uh, got a job here and stayed with some German people. And uh, would you believe he went on the mission? Now you know. And, uh, Connecticut, right? What? Connecticut? Is that where he started? North Carolina. North Carolina. Uh, they were Virginia and North Carolina. Right, yeah. You know, they, they had uh, one mission there. And um, and I told those people not to tell him where I was. 
So he managed it like this. Um, do you know where, yeah, but she told us not to tell you where she is. Yeah, is she in California? Is she, so he didn't know where I was. And um, so they made a, a thing. Uh, when I give you the letter, would you send it to her? Mm -hmm. So I got every day a letter, and on Monday too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, um, he uh, found out I'm in Salt Lake City, and uh, he knew he knew what I would do, and I went to the temple all the time. And one day I came out of the temple. And I looked around, and I thought, what are, what are you looking around in that front room there, you know? Yeah. What, what are you looking around? You don't know anybody, you know, there's, sure enough, there was my boyfriend, <laughs> you know? And he uh, came with his boyfriend, had the car packed and said, okay, do you want to marry me? Or, and he I was, oh my gosh, you know, he I was again on the spot. And uh, uh, I'm not going home because I'm not going to Arizona. Uh, I and my boyfriend, we are going someplace else. We have the car loaded. Yeah. Just say what you want. Oh, I was always put on the spot, you know. Of course I like you, of course I, and you're going on a mission. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, he did go on a mission. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, all of a sudden, I had a social life. Mm -hmm. uh, um, the people I lived with, you know, the girl I lived with, she dated, and she says, I can't go alone, you gotta go too. And uh, I have a boy for you, oh my gosh, you know. And I just didn't really have interest, you know, and I wrote to uh, my boyfriend, you know, to, and, um, and I felt, and I, and, and see, we have, at that time, we had loyalty. I wait for you. Yeah. I didn't care. I, I, my life was so, and I wait, mm -hmm. I, you know, so here, I started to go out. Now that was too much for me. I just couldn't take that, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to go see what my chances is to go on a mission, but I don't have any money. Okay. So I asked my branch, my, my um, in a ward, you are one number, you know. So I asked him <coughs> if I, um, if I could go on a mission, see, but, but then I was already 25, I guess, you know. Yeah. I asked him, um, my bishop, he didn't know me, but uh, I asked him, and he says, yeah, I will check that out. Now, you know, it took a few weeks. Uh, I passed him by, he passed me by, and I thought, look, I want to stop this. I just want to know if I have a chance to go on a mission. I would, you know. And um, so guess where I called? I called, um, um, I wanted to know if I can go on a oh, mission. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So I uh, thought uh, at that time, the church was still uh, not even a church. It was a sect. Okay. 
So, um, who do I know? I lived in Salt Lake City. I worked right there. Oh, um, Spencer W. Kimball. I know his name. I know he works there. <laughs> so I called um, President Kimball. You know, he was an apostle there. Yeah. Uh, not that I had big... Um, and sure enough, he said... Um, uh, I asked him if, if I have a chance to go on a mission. Yeah. And he said... Um, did you talk to your bishop? I say, yeah, I talked to my bishop, but he uh, just hasn't responded. And I thought, maybe you know, you know. And he said, okay, I see you Tuesday. Come to my office. Yeah. And I, I thought, now that is it, you know. So I went to him, and he interviewed me and said, um, you are going on a mission, just get ready. Uh, you know, the, the quorum is going to pay. It was, um, see, at that time, $50 a month, yeah. you know. Um, so uh, here, um, he, uh, after, can you imagine? And in the meantime, my boyfriend wrote, I am, I had a dream, you are going on a mission, you know, and I had already, okay. So, um, he, so I, he said, get ready, in three weeks you're gone, you know, or four weeks, uh, just very. And I thought, now that's my speed, you know, yeah. because I like to know and I like to do. Yeah. So, so I had an experience too. Um, I told the people in Salt Lake City, you know, where I have to give the papers to, that they arrange and make... Um, that I can leave the country, get get there and everything. I say, look, uh, I have always a little trouble. Would you please make sure that my papers are all right? Yeah. And that I, I um, and he was um, the travel agent, you know, mm -hmm. from the church. Yeah. And he was very, um, what should I say, high and mighty. And he said, look, we, we are doing that every day for so many years, uh, you have no worry, just um, pack your bags practically, you know. Sure enough, I peacefully left Salt Lake City on the particular time, and uh, came to, New uh, was called to Germany. Oh, my, to Germany. <laughs> I don't want to see that country again, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, but, but you know, I had a chance to see my people, maybe, you yeah. know because you can't do everything you want, you are yeah, on a mission. Yeah. I was called to the East German mission, and that meant um, from Berlin to Bremen, just all over the place was a big mission, you yeah. know. And wouldn't you know, here I come to, um, you know, we are supposed to be on the uh, pier, you know, on the, uh, to get on the boat, I show my papers, and he said, you can't go. Your papers are not correct. Huh. You have to go to the embassy, and the boat is leaving. You probably delayed for a week here. Ah, oh, here, where I'm, uh, you know, every time isolated and having problems. And I just grabbed the next cab, 
and um, to the embassy. And the boat was leaving again, you know. And uh, yeah, I got to catch the boat. And, and the 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 the, um, uh, the the cab driver said, "I I can't go so far, so so fast, you know." Yeah. And they fixed my paper. And again, uh, the the um, elder, you know, was was the, was the elder was. It was a friend of. Um, Jill's uncle. Oh, really? He was on a mission in Germany with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah, I know. Uh, Keller was his name. Brother Keller. I don't even know his first name. Because, um, and I'm telling you, again, I hopped on the boat just um, uh, barely. Yeah. I would have missed the boat. And they would have put me in the mission home in in New York and this and that, but uh, j just the anxiety, the yeah. the the push, I I was just terribly upset, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember the elder just coming towards me while I came on the ship and said we were worried about you, if you need, because there were several kids who went. You know, and we went on the train with them already for two days. Yeah. You know, we know each other, and here I'm all alone again. Yeah. And um, when I came to um, Germany off the boat, two, uh, my aunt stood there with a little kid, you know. It was my brother. It, it, I hadn't seen him for several years, yeah. you know. Which brother? My brother. Which one? Uh, it was Joachim. Oh, okay. You know, he came with my aunt. I had no idea, and I couldn't move, you know, because, you know, you go on a mission, they pick you up, yeah. you know, and um, it, it was just, um, just very, very awkward. And the people, uh, I tell you, the Lord just guides you through things where I worked, uh, you know, where I worked, uh, when I told them that I'm going to America, you know, yeah. they said, that girl, that woman, see, they called me by my last name uh, because I had my exam made, and they call you Miss. Yeah. Mutraj is never going to, when it rains, pitchforks. <laughs> she is, she, she, doesn't have money, she yeah. is not, you know. So um, uh, again, I came, nobody picked me up. And I, um, <laughs> there was one of the, on the uh, uh, station, there was one person I knew from the Brain branch. See, uh, he was left behind by the parents because he had a lung disease. They screened and screened the people so good, sick people they didn't na take. Yeah. He had to stay behind, you know. And he was at the station and I said, you know what, um, uh, why don't uh, I like to see m my boss? Because uh, he was close to the station. Yeah. Uh, can you go? And what a laugh. Uh, here I came into my working place. 
and all my people I worked with, you know, you can imagine I was well dressed, mm -hmm. being a missionary, and uh, the boss came, and <laughs> the boss came and said, Miss um, um, Mutreich, would you accompany? It, it was early in the morning, you know. Would you accompany me, uh, me, me, and have breakfast with me? And the, the, uh, my people who worked with me said, "Look at the Mutreich. Here she goes with the boss." We have never eaten breakfast with a boss, <laughs> you know? so so um, can you imagine? And, and he said, "But here yeah, I was back a missionary, you know, yeah. and you can imagine um, it, it was uh, it, it was a big impact on all my uh, friends. Yeah. But I was very s simple, you know, <laughs> and I went back and." Um, my mission president was in the hospital. Uh, his wife had a baby, you know, was in the hospital. But uh, I worked in Berlin, and one and a half year I had to leave because my papers would, I didn't have the citizenship yet. Yeah. Because you had to be here five years and um, had to have the citizenship or that's why the, with the paper so much. Now, you know, th that I was, it, it was a great experience being on a mission. Um, I was angry. I saw my people, um, what I call my people, uh, my German people, um, not being humbled, you know, n yeah. not listening, uh, listening to anything than just what they had tradition, you know, yeah. and so, so um, uh, one day um, I got a letter from uh, McConkie, you know, because they were in charge of, that I got, and uh, I had written, because I wrote uh, to them and uh, probably mentioned my disgust, and he wrote discouragement is a tool of the devil but he wrote it in such a fine way yeah and so was you the know letter from Bruce R. Uh, it was Bruce McConkie yeah oh, wow. and uh, now you know I was just like if I was stung by a tarantula you know I he has no idea what we are facing <laughs> here <laughs> you know yeah. because you are so young but uh, what um, uh, um, I made my mind up, okay, uh, because, you know, all missionaries were a little discouraged, you know, and we weighed, uh, had excuses. Some would lay pamphlets in the picture show <laughs> and said, you, you know, went to the picture show and put on it place a pamphlet, you know, okay. called it missionary work and everybody. And so I decided at the time, we are just going and holding meetings. So we had seven, eight meetings a day, meetings, mm -hmm. given testimony, given the first lesson. And um, so it seemed like I was tops, you know. So they sent missionaries to me and they said, 
how do you do that? You know, and I say, by evening, you will, you will not know how many meetings we have. You better keep track of it, you know. Yeah. Because um, I felt like just go and preach the gospel no matter what. Because the second lesson we didn't even get to because uh, they talked around and then didn't let us in. Mm. But uh, we gave testimony the first, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So... Um, uh, my mission, uh, I learned quite a bit, and um, then the time came to come home, and uh, as you know, what happened. I know what happened, but uh, when she came home. So we'll pick up on that story um, probably in a couple weeks. Um, like I said, I'm going to try to have a different guest on uh, to record with me next week. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's still in the works. Anyway, uh, feel free to reach out. I believe in Christ podcast.net. Uh, so podcast, I believe in Christ.net is, uh, my email, uh, Facebook, I believe in Christ podcast, Twitter, Instagram everywhere, or follow me on Instagram at con underscore rad jujitsu or on Twitter with the same handle. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening and, uh, I'll see you guys next week.